Buckle up. You are about to enter the Draws Cast podcast. Your host, author, and motivational speaker, Jeff Drozowski, will transport you through the world of motivation and leadership, always keeping an eye on having some fun, too. Sometimes with a guest, other times just Jeff. Either way, you will leave better equipped to succeed than when you came in. Here he is, the Draws, Jeff Drozowski. Hello and thank you, author, motivational speaker, trainer, coach, video blogger, and podcaster, Jeff Drozdowski. Welcome back to the Drozcast podcast, speaking of motivation and leadership. I hope that you have enjoyed the first two sections or the first two episodes of my webinar, The Five Secret Traits That Make Leaders Great. And I also teased those five secret traits for you in the second part uh, of this series when I gave you the first two traits out of the five that make leaders great. So to end this three-part series, we will talk about number three, number four, and number five in those traits. Uh, and we'll tie a bow on it at the end and make it real nice and talk about the first two topics in this webinar and then reiterate to you uh, the importance of the special offer that I have for you uh, moving forward here into 2019. So thank you so much. Uh, I look forward to getting feedback as always on my podcast and uh, we will again tie this up at the end. So take care and we'll talk to you again shortly. The third one is understanding that people are different in their personalities, different in the way that they go about their business. However, in the workplace, you need to treat them equally. You need to treat them different because they have different types of personalities, but ultimately they need to understand what the rules of the workplace are. You need to understand what they are and you need to treat people equally in that fashion. So, Different but equal. The effective leader today understands that every person, while needing to follow the same rule structure, the rules of the workplace is, is different. The individual needs to be managed and led based on their individual personality traits. So if I'm the type of leader that says this is the way that it's going to be regardless of your personality type, you will fail because you need to treat people different based on their personality types. So there are several different personality type tests that are out there. The one that I'm most familiar with and the one that I think is the most accurate is this one called DISC. And DISC lays out the four different quadrants or the four different main types of personalities. And if you were to do this test, I guarantee you would be blown away by the amount of accuracy that this particular uh, test, the DISC uh, test, personality test uh, does, and the accuracy of it is amazing. So the four main quadrants of personalities are here and we'll start with the one in, in the upper left and that is dominance and when you have a dominant personality uh, emotion is not a strength of yours empathy is not a strength of yours but being direct being firm being strong-willed forceful and ultimately being results driven is your main personality type 
Now, over to the right of the dominance is the influence type of personality. This person is outgoing, enthusiastic, optimistic, highly spirited, lively, likes to be in front of people, likes to be the life of the party, likes to be the person that uh, brings energy to wherever they go because it just comes so naturally to them. Then in the lower left is the conscientious type of person. And if you've ever worked with somebody who's an analytical, uh, somebody who loves to dig into the numbers, this is the person for you. So, or maybe you are like this. So you are uh, analytical, you're reserved, so you don't show a lot of emotion. Uh, you're precise, you like things exact, and you like it to the the ultimate precision, whatever your definition of precision is. You're also very private, so that reserved and private does go hand in hand, and you love the system. You love the process. More than anything, you love uh, whatever that process is to get to the final goal. Now, the last person, uh, the last personality type that is, is steadiness. And that person is even-tempered, accommodating, uh, patient, humble, and tactful. So humbleness comes easy to the steadiness person. This person is somebody who loves for everybody to get along. They are the most emotional type of person uh, out of these four personality quadrants. So how do these personality types work in tandem? Before I do that, let me give you an example in the celebrity world of each type of these personalities. So a dominant type of personality would be somebody like Robert De Niro. Hey, you talking to me? You talking to me? That's my Robert De Niro imitation. Sorry. But Robert De Niro has a very dominant personality. Now, over on the right-hand side where influence goes, outgoing, enthusiastic, Will Smith is somebody who definitely fits into that I style. In the lower left corner, the conscientious, the analytical, precise person, Bill Gates falls into that type of personality. And then the steady, everybody wants to get along, uh, Ted Danson, and that may be somebody that uh, some of you aren't familiar with, but Ted Danson was the bartender in Cheers, for those of you who are a little bit older, but now he's on a show where he's uh, he's been on a comedy show where he's a doctor, and uh, and I think he's in a drama series now where he's a doctor. Had a chance to meet Ted Danson uh, about two years ago. It was just a chance meeting uh, in the airport in Los Angeles, but he is that stead steady, humble, quiet, nice person. Nice person. That's exactly how he is. So the way that this works, and then we'll move on, but let's take the dominant personality type here. And if you look at the at the, the flow of this, to the in the upper right, uh, next to dominance, there's influence. And then right below the dominance is the conscientious. The dominant type of personality is going to get along better with the influence and the conscientious person rather than the steadiness person. And then that works all the way around these quadrants. So the personality type that is directly across uh, from that particular personality type 
uh, is the one that they won't get along with very well. So uh, as an example, if I could bring the whiteboard up a little bit here. Hang on, please, for just a moment. Here comes the whiteboard. Uh, dominance is not going to get along with the, steadfast, uh, the steadiness person. Uh, the conscientious person is not going to get along well with the influential person. On the other hand, again, dominance is going to get along with the conscientious person and the influential person. And you can do that throughout uh, the entire cycle here, these entire four quadrants. So that's how that works. Okay. So thank you for indulging me on the whiteboard there for just a second. And ultimately, I went off uh, a little bit on this, but you need to treat people differently because they have different personality types, but they need to be treated equal in the workplace. And please understand, decision makers and leaders, that there are personalities that are going to clash, and it's good for you to understand which ones are going to clash just as much as you know the ones that are going to get along. Okay, on we go. Being open-minded. Number four, the number four secret is being open-minded. Being closed-minded means status quo, means that you like things the way that they are, that you're not willing to evolve. Um, and I'm going to pop back up here now that you've seen this disc. Hello again. Uh, Open-minded people have black and white tendencies, and that is everything is concrete. There's a right way, there's a wrong way, and I'm not willing to change that. So uh, those are non-open-minded people. I do apologize for that. Uh, but open-minded people are curious people. So even if a decision's been made or a near decision's been made, uh, they are still open to hearing your ideas uh, because it may change their mind, and they just want the best outcome. Open-minded people do. Sometimes open-minded people are viewed as indecisive, but that is not. Uh, people who are open-minded just value everybody's opinion. It's really as simple as that. All right, on we go. And then number five is being a steward. Uh, understanding that your place in this leadership realm, in this company, is only going to be occupied by you for a short period of time. So you can either burn it to the ground, so to speak, and, and do what you can to advance and succeed and then leave it in rubble, or you can make it a better position and leave it better than where you left it. So an example of stewardship in my world comes from a former boss of mine who's passed away recently. His entire goal was to not only be a great leader, but to leave his position better than when he left it. And while he left us quickly and abruptly and too soon, he definitely left his legacy within our the organization that uh, that I've worked for. And uh, and he was a steward leader for sure. If there ever was going to be a definition. Stewardship is acting upon the understanding that leadership is a temporary role which is outlasted by the lifespan of an organization. Sorry, I tend to do this when I get talking as I jump ahead a slide or two because it's in my head. So I, I just explained that to you. Now, it's broken down into three different types of stewardships. Uh, the first one is personal stewardship. So as a leader, 
uh, you want to make sure that somebody on a personal level is enjoying their job, is growing as a person uh, at work, but also growing as a person outside of work. So on an individual level, stewardship focuses on promoting well-being for each person within the group, team, or organization. You don't have to change everybody's life at the company or organization that you work for, but if you have a team, do your best to improve the life of those people individually. The second one is team stewardship. Leaders are stewards at the team level whenever they work to ensure individuals within the organization interact well with each other. Again, I jumped ahead a little bit, but team stewardship is exactly that. Your team, your group grows, but ultimately you want them to get along because if they get along, then that synergy in that group uh, really takes off and the thought processes and the ideas, the brainstorming just goes a popping and uh, great things can happen within that group. So team stewardship is of the utmost importance as well. Lastly, in the stewardship realm is corporate stewardship. Now, this is really for people who lead larger organizations or organizations that uh, leave a big footprint uh, in the community in which they work and do business. So give back to the communities in which you work and do business uh, is really what corporate stewardship uh, is. Now, uh, I have belonged to a trainers organization, a nationwide trainers organization for some time. And one of the things that they do is whenever there is a, a conference uh, in whatever city that uh, that this organization goes into, they spend time making the community in which the conference is, uh, is being held better. So as an example, uh, a little over a year ago, there was a conference in San Diego, California. So this organization got together with, uh, with the city leaders uh, and decided that the best way to give back to that community was to clean up the beach. There was a chunk of beach uh, there right on the Pacific. What a way to give back to your community uh, than to walk around the beach and, and pick up trash. But that's what uh, the city leaders thought would be the best way to be able to do that. So giving back to the community in which you live and do business. And there are many, if you're uh, in an organization that has a big footprint in a particular city that you work in and do business in, you probably do some kind of giving back no matter where you're at. At least you should, because that's the way things are these days. Let's give back. Let's make the place, you know, let's make our world better wherever we're living and doing business. So ultimately, why is there this paradigm shift? Why have we moved from these traditional styles of leadership into these, we're, we're calling them non-traditional now, but soon they will be the norm. But right now we'll still call them non-traditional. It's because of the way that people are being uh, raised, the, the time, the times that we live in uh, are really causing us to need to be able to do that. People are so much more mobile now uh, and they can jump from job to job more than they ever did before. So here's a, a, a point for you. 
that you see these Gen X, Gen Y, and Gen Z, the previous generation before that were the baby boomers. Now, the baby boomers were all always known as the ones who were going to get a, a, a job and stay with it as long as they can because they just appreciated the fact that they had a job. Uh, but even those folks between the ages of 18 and 44 had changed, changed jobs 11 times. Now, there isn't as much data for the Gen X, Y, and Z, but logic would dictate that uh, since our world is more mobile, that uh, people are changing their jobs. So in order to keep that from becoming a, a real, real issue, which it kind of is already, is uh, to create this holistic environment where people really love the work that they do, but also that they are growing as people as well. So here are the generations broken down here that are in the workplace now, for the most part. Gen X, 1965 to 1980, uh, Gen Y, 1981 to 96, and Gen Z, 1997 until current. Roughly generations are about 15 years. and. Don't get hung up on the names or don't worry about what the next generation is going to be named because it will just happen. These names and numbers happen uh, generically or organically, that is. Not generic, but organic. Uh, it may be a contest. It may be something where somebody puts something out on social media and all of a sudden it gets picked up on and, hey, we'll call the next generation this. So I don't think the next generation is going to be A, but who knows? We got X, Y, and Z now. All right. So there are commonalities between those three generations that I just gave you. Uh, they are continually more mobile. Uh, they are more connected or disconnected, depending on how you want to look at it. They are more connected technologically speaking, but perhaps uh, on a humane or human level, maybe we're not as connected as we used to be. Think about a restaurant. Think about a group of people out to eat. I'll guarantee you more than half those people at any given time are on their phones. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, whatever it would be. They're going to be on their devices and they're going to be communicating with people on their devices rather than the people that are right in front of them. <clears throat> but more commonalities is that these people move more from job to job. And because of that is why we are developing that whole, whole holistic approach. They want to be heard. They want to be respected regardless of age. And they want their leaders not only to lead them, but they want them to be coached. They want them to be developed. They want them to be transformed. That's what people are looking for when they get into the workplace these days. We need to adapt and be able to do that. So let's talk about takeaways. The three big takeaways that I wanted you to go away with here today is, first of all, those, at least those items that we talked about in the non-traditional realm, the, the conscious, the transformational, the servant leaders. Uh, those are the type of leadership methods and ways that we're going to. So if they're not being applied into your workplace, then perhaps it would be a good idea maybe if you introduce that into your workplace. Then we talked about the five secrets, the five personality traits that people have. So stewardship was five. 
and being open-minded was four, treating people uh, equally but different. Uh, empathetic uh, was uh, number two, and then again, being humble was number one. So, And then the shift, we talked about why the shift. People want to be transformed. They want a more holistic approach when it comes to their uh, places of employment. So those are the big takeaways that I want you to take away from today, right? Okay, I've got a special offer here, folks. Book me for a speaking event or training session that will occur between today and July 1st. So get a hold of me between now and July 1st, and you will get 50% off of any speaking or training fees and materials such as training or books. 50%. Hmm. That's a deal. Um, I kind of regret half off now, to tell you the truth. I really don't. I'm just kidding. I just want to get out and see you guys. That's that's why I'm looking at it uh, the way that I am here. So, all right, 50% off. So, again, my name is Jeff Drozdowski. Uh, Drozdtalks.com is my website. And when you go onto the website, you probably have, but if you're watching this on YouTube or something, uh, that's the banner that will pop up on the website when, when I come up. Here is my email address, Jeff at Drozdtalks.com. Uh, but my trusty sidekick, Lucas, with a K, L-U-K-A-S, at drawstalks.com, uh, is somebody that you want to get a hold of directly if you're interested in booking me for, uh, for a speaking or training event, okay? So Lucas is a great guy. He will take care of you, treat you right, and we'll get all of that taken care of in the meantime. And then you can't forget about the Drawscast podcast, speaking of motivation and leadership. Uh, it's out on all your favorite platforms, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn, and uh, Spotify. Can't forget about that one. So they uh, usually have a new one come out once a week. I may be coming out with one or two over the next couple of weeks. That is one one week and maybe two the following week, uh, but we'll see. So there's a lot cooking inside the Draws Talks brain. And, of course, social media. So I'm on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. So I have enjoyed myself. Uh, I would have enjoyed myself if I had one person or if I would have had the dozens and dozens of you that, that came along here uh, to, to let me be with you here today. So uh, take care. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you, especially if you're sitting at your desk. Uh, listening and watching this. Uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Um, some good things are happening at Draws Talks as well that you'll be hearing and seeing about as we move along. But keep coming back. I am excited, and I'm definitely going to be doing this again. So take care. Bye for now. So there you have it, the five secret traits that make leaders great. I hope that you enjoyed this third part of the three-part series. I hope you enjoyed the other two parts as well, as well as all of the podcasts that I make available out there in the podcast sphere. We are up over 30 podcasts now, folks, and our listenership, our downloads are in the thousands. So thank you so much for that. Uh, just to reiterate what this last episode was about, the five secret traits are, again, being a humble leader, 
having empathy as a leader, understanding that your people are different types of personalities, but finding that way to treat them equal in the workplace, being open-minded as a leader, and having a stewardship mentality, understanding that you are only, only going to be in a position for a short period of time and leave it better than when you got into it. So thank you again. Uh, I look forward to the next time that we get together inside the Drawscast. And don't forget, uh, at the end of this webinar slash episode, I did talk about the discount that you would be receiving if we got together and I did some training for your organization. Or if I came into Keynote, 50% off, folks, for the first half of 2019. Uh, crazy, I know. But you know what? I want to be out there. I want to be on stage. I want to help train your people. It's what I love to do. And I look forward to doing it uh, when we get together. So Jeff at DrawsTalks.com and Lucas, L-U-K-A-S, Lucas at DrawsTalks.com if you want to get a hold of me in regards to that. So Kyla, take it away. All of you, thank you again. Take care. Bye for now. Thank you for being part of the Drawscast. Check out Jeff's website, drawstalks.com, to find out more about booking Jeff for your next event. Also at drawstalks.com, you can purchase Jeff's book, Inspired, How Our Differences Are Changing the Workplace, or inquire about Jeff's training programs and personal or executive coaching. All of Jeff's video blogs can be seen on his YouTube channel, Jeff Drazowski. Thank you and bye for now.